Well, I've been an imposter. I've been, um, impostering has been a very uh, important aspect of my life since my teens. So much so that I've been involved in an organization that uh, actually encourages and helps me and like-minded people in acts of impostering. <laughs> in fact, I'm actually co-founder and current leader of this organization. And it goes by the name of FWP. In polite company, uh, we, refer, we refer to ourselves as fun with people. <laughs> Our mission is to encourage acts of impostering for fun, profit, and epiphany. <laughs> so you know, so you can understand when this topic was announced that, that for this month that I knew I was going to have to tell a story. The problem has been deciding which story to tell. There's quite a few. So I narrowed it down to three, and I, uh, I lined up three stories that um, fit in with our mission of fun, profit, and epiphany. So go back to one of my first uh, impostering encounters back in high school when I was in McMinnville, Oregon. And uh, our student body got involved in this contest put on by Carefree Gum. And the uh, object of the contest was to fill out as many three-by-five cards with the words Carefree Gum as you could. And the winner, now this is important, the winner would win a concert by a national rock and roll band right there in your high school. So we got excited about this, produced hundreds of thousands of these cards. It looked like we were a shoe-in, but I was not going to leave this to chance. So I called around to, to some of the competition and discovered that, no, we were not going to win this contest at our current rate. So came up with some ideas. One idea was we needed to exponentially increase our rate of creation of 3 by 5 cards. The second idea was cheat. So I got some of my uh, oldest looking classmates together. We got a pickup truck. We got some hand trucks. I, got a, I bought a receipt book. Then we jumped in the truck, drove 40 miles down the road to one of the comp competing high schools who were feverishly filling out their own 3 by 5 cards. We walked in, introduced ourselves as representatives of Carefree Gum. <laughs> got the hand trucks, loaded up all those boxes into our pickup truck. When my accomplices were all done with the loading, I pulled out my receipt book, filled it out, ceremoniously handed them the receipt, and wished them luck on winning the contest. Drove back to McMinnville with our newly acquired 3x5s, threw them in our huge pile. In the end, we turned in almost a million 3x5 cards to Carefree Gum. In exchange, we got a check for $1,000. Second place. <laughs> Who says imposters never prosper? <laughs> but the most fun I had in posturing involved the 2010 uh, Olympic Games in Vancouver. You remember those. So um, I got word that the Trinidadian Olympic curling team was not going to be able to field a team at, there at the Olympics. And the reason was, the rumor had it, is that they couldn't pass the drug test. So... Being Scottish, which is important because you know the Scots invented the game of curling. That's true. Um, and also having a little limited experience with curling, I decided that uh, I'd go out and re recruit an alternate, alternative team for the Trinidadians. And I actually did it. I got a group together. We actually started practicing right here in Anchorage. Then one day, 
that fateful day, I'm never going to forget, these guys walk up to me and they inform me they're not going to be able to pass the drug test. <laughs> Should have recruited somewhere besides Alaska. <laughs> but so there, um, yeah, Olympic dreams up in smoke. I'm standing outside the Vancouver curling venue with no Olympic credentials. So what's a Scotsman to do? Well, this Scotsman gets a piece of cardboard, a marker, and I make a sign. Sign reads, will lift kilt for curling tickets. <laughs> Watching the Canadians beat the Norwegians in that curling match was the most fun I've ever had <laughs> at a spectator sport. But the one, the, the story, the impostering event that um, led to my epiphany happened just a couple years ago, here, right here in Anchorage, 2009, the summer, when you remember when the uh, Anchorage Assembly looked at adopting an ordinance that would add gays, um, transsexual, and transgender people to um, the group that would be protected from discrimination. Created a big brouhaha in here, here in this town, and there was people on both sides of the issue, very, very vocal. So... We called a, a meeting of FWP together, got together, we, we drafted a manifesto. And uh, the manifesto, I think people from either side of the issue would have thought it was quite radical. But actually, that's not what mattered. It didn't matter what our manifesto said, and this is why. So we, we drafted our manifesto, dressed up in uh, just kind of neutral, relatively conservative clothing. I was wearing a tie and a suit, and uh, we went to the hearing at the Lusack Library. They were going to you know, have a hearing about this ordinance. There was over a thousand people there. If any of you were there, you'll remember. And there was like signs and chants, and there was the pro-ordinance pro people on one side, the anti-ordinance people on the other side. And so here was our strategy. FWP members went out into the crowd, and we just would walk up to people and present them our manifesto. And the interesting thing was, it didn't matter what our manifesto said, because people didn't even really want to read it. They wouldn't, in fact, they wouldn't read it, or they wouldn't even take it from us until they, knew, they had an understanding which side of the issue we were on. If they thought we were on the same side as they were, they were happy to take it. If they thought we were against their position, they really didn't want to touch that piece of paper. So we go out into the crowd. Um, examples of what happened. Oh, I walked up to Miss Anchorage. She had her tiara on and her sash, and she was looking really hot. And went and presented her a manifesto. She took it enthusiastically. She gave me her email and her phone number and said, you know, call her anytime and to discuss the issue. Um, <laughs> another member, she went up to a former Democratic governor of Alaska, and actually he saw her coming, and he put his hands behind her, his back. She comes up and extends the manifesto and said, we would like you to read this. And he didn't want to touch it. She had to ask him four or five times, oh, we would just like you to read this document until he finally reached out and took it and folded it up and put it in his pocket. So this event has left a lasting impression on me. Um, what was important to me, or wh what I realized is when I was going through the crowd is I just wanted people to take this from me, this piece of paper from me, and not uh, immediately be judgmental and dismissive. Um, and then I thought about it some more, and I said, well, you know, actually, that's what I do in my life sometimes. I, I, I jump to judgment and don't pay attention to what people are really offering to me. And so that was my epiphany. So now, as I go through my life as an FWP member, 
a fixer, a house husband, and I encounter somebody who has a different viewpoint than I do, a different opinion, um, I take a step back and, and think about it and just remember that day when I tried to, all I wanted people to do was take a piece of paper from me. 